Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of belief. I am your host, Honest Abe, and we are broadcasting this episode number 458 of KMA Talk Radio live from sunny South Florida. And as always, I am here with my trusty cohorts, the man they call the Italian scallion, Shameless Paul. <laughs> I'm getting all the nicknames in in one interview. I was going to say, yeah, you got to pick one and just stick with it. I don't know. I like them both. It's very hard. <laughs> maybe Alex, maybe the goat can come in and tie break us on what we should go with in the future. Alex, Paul or the Italian scallion? Yeah, it's tough. I like them both. I'd like a new one. I, mean, I don't know. The I'd Italian be more inclined. I'd be more inclined to have the fans pick one, a new one. I don't know if I even ever discussed this with you, but you know where I got the Italian scallion Thanks. from? The Italian stallion. Yeah, but where did I, it wasn't an original idea of mine. No, was it? Oh no, it's from a TV show. It was from Mad Magazine. Oh really? I'm yes, a big Mad Magazine fan. Where they were doing some parody of one of the Rocky movies, probably back when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, middle school, and um, that's what they—that's what they called him, the Italian Scallion. It stuck with me all these years. That's Alfred awesome. E. Newman. Alfred E. Newman. I got a statue of him right here. You would. Well, I guess then that dictates it. Then you should definitely be the Italian scallion. See him? And he has a three-legged pig on his base. I don't know. I don't remember it's why. It's actually kind of cool. It's better than your Disney crap. Wow. Yeah, cool. All right, crap. I got a lot of cool stuff in my office, man. Listen, if you ever... Nice if you ever nice out of your armpit, Paul. Thank you. If you ever... Oh, yeah? Do I have a deodorant in there? Uh if you ever take up, take me up on one of my invites to my home, uh, you could see it. First of all, wait, who are you talking to? Hold on, hold on. Where you've you never invited me to anything. Exactly. Let alone That's your not fucking. True. Con- that is fucking true. The only place you invite me to is the office here to sit next to me and go over shit. Uh, well, it, shows, know, it uh, shows up a half an hour late. This too. That's a radio. Literally. Listen, man. Where have you invited me to? Uh, I'm sure I've invited you places. Just, uh, maybe I've, in- I've invited you to. Maybe not. Nothing. I'm not an invite guy. I'm I mean, a because I say no anyway, so it keeps it. Yeah, I'm an introvert. I really am. I know that people can't believe that because I'm so outgoing. But like, you know, a perfect example of that is Stephanie and I. We have a friend that's very inv- involved in the community, which I always hate because they invite you to stuff. And she invited us to a benefit the other day. So I'm like, she's like, yeah, it'll be drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and I'm thinking like these benefits that I used to go to on Long Island. It was great. There was like an open bar and. Like, you know what? Yeah, let's go. Show up. It's at a juice bar. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what am I donating? $150. Yeah, like, so anyway, and the food was, the food was good. It was all vegan food, though. You would have freaked out. Bar? 
No, it was like you get one drink with your entry, and I'm like, huh. But it was it was cool. It was for a good cause. So I'm a there's a there's an organization here in Wellington that does like emergency foster care for kids with special needs, and then they also do like a like a it's not free, but they do like a supplemented daycare for kids with special needs for parents that have multiple children. So like during the summer, if you have a, a kid that's like severely autistic and you want them to get out for a couple hours a day so that you can pay attention to the other children and they have some stimulation with other people. It's, it's really cool. It's called grandma's house. I think it's grandma's house or grandma's place, but we just learned about it. It's a really, really cool organization, but um, thankfully somebody brought champagne too. So we had something. I just, I just stroke a check before I'd go to a vegan juice bar for anybody. Okay. Zach, I, I lost, I lost. That was the, so the thing, the juice bar thing was for grandma's house. Yeah, or Grandma's Place. I should. I probably should know the name of it before I give them a plug. But Did you yeah, back? no. I actually, you know what's funny? No, we didn't write a check because I don't have checks for my business right now, which is weird, right? When you start a business, you get a checkbook, but I never did that, and I didn't want to use my checks. I can't. I can't even tell. I have checks from when I first opened my first bank account because I don't write. I mean, I. You know, I ordered checks the first time and never ordered them again from when I was 17 because I write so few checks. And they have my old address and my dad's name on them from when I opened up my first ever bank account. Is that, so stop, like, long, that, that stop them from getting their money? That was the longest no. way to say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying no. to be descriptive. You, you little cheap so didn't cut him a, No, didn't so cut him we – hold on. We gave him cash. We gave them cash, and they raised like four thousand dollars that night. So when we say, "Did you cut them a check?" The cash would be a yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't write a check. I act, we gave we donated <laughs> cash, and I and a good amount in my opinion. So we. What's your throw? Twenty. Fifty. No. One hundred fifty <laughs> bucks. A respectable, respectable, respectable donation. I thought. I mean, we were there for like an hour and a half. I mean, listen, we love these people. We love this this woman. She's an amazing person she's a realtor in the area and she's just a cool become a really good friend but after that she Steffi and I were walking she, walking by a bar and we're like can we should we go in wait, there does yeah, she like, live in the compound no I was gonna say is she a fellow golf cart rider no no she's not she's she not a fellow communist no she actually actually lives by you Abe but she doesn't yeah she she loves this but her kids oh. are older now you move here when you have kids I, there's some people here that are like older and they've moved here. I'm like, why? Why would you be out here? Listen, this is next, for children. Your next commercial or, or, or uh, what, what do you call you it? it? Something with golf cart escapades or whatever. I've been you recording should, some. You should record. You should record yourself challenging one of your neighbors to a drag race on the golf carts. You know, <laughs> my we could show my a golf zoom in. Faster than show a zoom in of those the wheel spinning and burning to rubber, <laughs> and then you guys, you know, going down the street. You know, little five-year-old with a checkered flag at the end. <laughs> Are you allowed on the vegetable patch? Just curious. We, it's not a vegetable patch. There's a five-acre farm. farm. Are you allowed? No, you don't just like. They have you pick areas, but you can't just walk onto the farm. No, it's closed to the public because it's an organic farm. So they, but they do tours of it. Of course it is. So you wait. So the oh, farm that go. you pay for, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I can't walk on. You can't walk. That's on. right. That's right. No, well, there goes my commercial idea. Oh, you want me to do it on the phone? I can get permission. 
I'm permission. sure I could get permission. Your fucking HOA fees are your permission. I know, but it's just listen, man. There's rules in an HOA. I don't know what to tell you. We can't. We can't make. We can't get to make a video without having asked for permission. Well, you know, and it's funny because I was gonna do one on the uh, on the cruise, and I, I, the night that we were going to do it, Stephanie has never gotten seasick in her life, and she got so seasick, and it was so whew, you really blame it on Steph. On a cruise yeah. ship? Is that even a thing? Seasick? Yeah, you know what? Oh, yeah. There were some rough seas. I, I have really? to say, I looked out our balcony, and we were on the eighth floor, and the sea spray from the from the breakers were like fly, was flying onto our balcony and soaking me. You gotta remember the taller, the taller the ship, the bigger the sway. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so you're actually true. swaying you know, right. I mean, I've been higher, seasick fishing. The higher up you are, that's why when you get seasick, you Try to get to the lowest point of the ship, and you want to be midship. They were saying we were yeah. we were very close to the front of the ship. Yeah, you want to get midship. What do you do? Yeah, and listen to me. Oddly enough, now you know it's been many years, but oddly enough, do you know what's typically there? Center point, midship, low part of the ship. The casino. Yep. Of course it is. So what do I you do? I didn't gamble once. Gonna ride it. I mean, because listen, I've been seasick on fishing boats, and you're just relegated to the fact that in you know four or six hours whenever this is over i'll get on a <laughs> piece of land okay. and feel better they what give you, you dra- they give you dra- eventually you Dramamine get used to it but they give you dramamine they give you little things yeah. behind your ear they got a med center dude they, this is a city on on water it's I, like i'm yeah, I, I, I was that. ours was not even the biggest ship out there and it was unfreaking believable like there's stores open 24 hours there's pizza available 24 7. there's pizza <laughs> Burgers. There's a grill that you can get. Twenty fourth. It is. It is a fat man's paradise. One as far as food is concerned. Did you do this? Did you do the seated dining or did you do the uh, informal? Yeah, we did because I wanted that. I wanted that. Like you know, we have a time every day. We had we had a table from five thirty to eight every day that we could go to, and five thirty was great for us because our kids eat early. So yeah, we went every day. We had the same same serving staff, uh, Bert and Guanaman, and. Uh, they were our waiters for the entire trip, and they were amazing. They they knew what my kids liked after the first day. They were bringing them. Go ahead. What? Bert and Guanaman. Bert and who? It was actually his name is Bert San. He's from the Philippines, and Guanaman was his name. I think that's what? how you say it. Is what do you mean? There was there two people, or was there one person? No, there's no. A, a head waiter and a, yeah. and an so assistant Bert waiter and the iguana man. Iguana man. <laughs> <laughs> they did were you, great guys. Did you, did you have a table to yourself? Or did you have to share like a long table with another? No, because we had so it was it, we had a big group. So it was it was our whole group. I think there were right. eight of us total. Because my mother in law's friends came too with their kid, and my mother in law came with her husband and her Stephanie's half sister, and then it was Steffi, me, and the boys. So we had a whole table to ourselves. Can I? I just want to take one step back again. I'm sorry. Oh boy, I got good sleep last night, and I'm really I'm on right now. Yeah, you were you were on fire this morning. It's kind of odd that you remember their names. No, no, it's not. Uh, no, it's really? not. No, every night you I saw them know, at other points on the cruise get, ship. You get to know them very intimately. Okay, like, by the time you leave, you feel like you're leaving a friend. I yeah, know. I mean, I've never yeah. done a cruise in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I just service. I don't and I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a big customer service guy. So like all the yeah. stuff that comes back to me, I always mention guys by name because I know it helps them when they're when they're great. So like our our stateroom attendant was Andrew, and he was probably the best 
I, you know, I've stayed with work. I've stayed in some like really fancy hotels where you have like a dedicated. The state room guy you don't get to know as well because unless you have an issue or whatever, you don't interact. No with way. Him. Our guy was on top of it all the time. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know, but if he's, he's he was like a butler. If he's on top of it, you don't run into him a lot. This is they do in the room while you're gone. But the, the dinner guys, you you see every day and you interact with every day. They get to know your family. I mean, you get yeah. to know them. Yeah, they were. It was it was fun, man. I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't like about the cruise, but that's a different thing. But uh, I even I even worked from the cruise pretty easily the, with the internet package Not that we KMA, bought. Obviously, yeah. Uh, well, because I had to leave that morning of actually, KMA. I had to get off the what, road it was at nine. Probably 30. one of the nicest, well-run shows that Paul wasn't around for. It was thank pretty you, awesome. It was. Thank you. It was a very well-run show, and it was kudos. It was a little experiment. We loved it. The guys from. Uh, uh, how about that cigar? Were awesome, Garrett and Matt. Um, it was just cool to have them run through our show through our format, right? Not just come and do their show on KMA Talk Radio. They ran our show on our format, and we're going to look to do that a couple times more this year with some of our media friends. We'll we'll get them to come and do a takeover. I thought it was very cool. No, it was oh cool. yeah, I, I didn't mention to you. I forgot, but while we're here, you know, I have had requests, Abe, for us to actually do takeovers as well. Oh, that would be cool. That's what I, I mean. It wouldn't be cool if it kind of became a thing, you know. It became a thing, right? We started it. I think we started. It. I don't know if anybody's done it. You know, I do this a lot where I go, we started something like, oh no, we but then you go, oh, I think maybe. Yeah. Well, Coop will correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, Coop, Coop will tell us, us wrong. with some. Obscure, yeah, I like this takeover thing. Some obscure podcast that we never heard of. Yeah, right. And I like it done in the format where they literally followed our timeline of the show and our segments and intros, and it was very cool. It's like Carson. That's what I did you know, when Carson had yeah. somebody fill in for him. Yeah, very, very, very cool. We'll look to do that a couple more times uh, in the upcoming year. And then um, this coming Friday, man, uh, big, big launch. It's finally, you know, something we were supposed to do late last year. Absolutely. It was something we wanted to do late last year, and we didn't get a chance to do it. And um, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary milestone this Friday, May 6th, with a cigar that I've named after my father. Um, and it's and it's it's it was an amazing, cool project because we did a whole day documentary where we started out at our shop here and we drove down. I kind of did a life interview with him and then we went to the El Tatan de Bronze factory, met Sandy and Willie where the cigar was made. We got to see the cigars in the aging room and uh this was a pretty cool project. I'm telling you, every day, even last night, like one of our regulars, Dennis Coonan, he uh, messaged me because he finally got around to watching the documentary. And I've gotten so many, so many very cool messages about people who've gotten around and watching the documentary. And I loved it. I really, I was hanging on every word. He, he's got a great story. It, he's got a great yeah. story. I mean, and typically growing up, you know, the men, the men had this big tradition where they played a big poker game every New Year's Eve. We'd go over to one of my uncle's house. And it was a big poker game, and like the older gentlemen who were well, you know, you know, were more established would play downstairs, and the younger guys who were just starting in businesses would play upstairs at a lower stakes game. And this game would typically start after New Year's Eve dinner, and they would play to like nine ten in the morning. This went on for, wow. yeah, this went on throughout my whole life while I was in Chicago, um, and you know, we get home, my dad would get home, fall asleep, wake up in the afternoon, and it's just a lazy. New Year's Eve, Eve day, New Year's Day, and it's the only day of the year that we as a grocery store would close. They would open up Christmas, Easter, July 4th. I mean, limited hours, but we would open up. It was the only day we would close because he played cards till 10 in the morning, 9 in the morning. 
So um, this is where most of these stories I heard for the first time. And he would just spend an afternoon telling me about his childhood, how he came to this country, met my mom and this and that. And um, it was kind of wild to relive that in the documentary. So uh, it was very cool. I'm glad I got to do this in my life. One of, one of my projects that I'm very proud of. Big event in our headquarters in Boynton Beach. If you're watching, you hear this. Come on down. It's going to be Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. The whole gang from Drew Estate will be here. Willie Herrera, Jonathan Drew, the team will be launching this cigar nationally. Um, we're going to have live music. DJ Eli will be here from Drew Estate. We got our durs being passed around. Liquor companies with drink specials. It's it's going to be a, a big to-do this Friday night, May 6th, from 6 to 9 p.m. in our Boynton Beach headquarters. And if you get a chance... Um, and you don't want to sit through the hour documentary. There's a shorter video with just my conversation with Willie Herrera. It's about three to four minutes long, talking just about the blend and what he did in creating that special cigar for us. So this Friday, looking forward to it. I have a I question, not unrelated, kind of related. It just you made me think of it. Is Philadelphia the only place where it's still utter insanity going on on New Year's Day? Are you asking I mean, who? All of you, because everybody, everybody I talk to is like, and even here, you know, New Year's Day is kind of a lazy day. In Philly, we have the Mummers Parade, which is Mardi Gras meets drunken Irishman in a giant parade. Yeah, and, no. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, it just, I, I, it took me getting used to. New Year's Day in Philadelphia is a big deal. It's a big thing. Drink, food, party, parade. Yeah, no, that in, in New over. York, it's not like in New York, it's not like that. It's yeah, dead. everywhere it seems that seems to be like the lazy day. I wasn't ever used to that. Yeah, I, I it's always been a lazy, lazy day. Yeah, no, Philadelphia's a big to do. You know, in response to Kevin Shahan, you have no idea, Kevin, how many times over the last couple of days I just hear my dad's voice coming out of my mouth. I try not to be that way with my kids sometimes because he probably was a little too harsh, but yeah, it's literally I hear my dad's coming through all the time, especially in work related matters. All the time. Well, anyways, we got a big show today. One of my favorite guests. We don't get him on enough, in my opinion. But when he does come on, it's going to be busy a, man. It's going to be a good show. So let's uh, let's check out because it's time for Meet Your Maker. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. There he is. <laughs> Man, I realized so I had my I realized I had my hand turned this way. And it looked like I was giving you guys the finger. <laughs> We're used to it. Hey, I have a question for Paul. Oh boy, uh, was it Royal Paul. Caribbean that you were on? Yes. Do you Did you know see it? Five thirty to eight. Five thirty to eight. That's where where I got you. Uh, when did you go? Like, and where, where did you, you go? We went last week on Western Caribbean cruise, so we went to Cozumel, uh, Costa Maya, and their island, uh, something K, Coco K. Coco K, yeah. yeah. You were, um, let's see, the ship was- It was Easter was, Day, Easter Day. Yeah, the ship was, uh, hold on. I'll was give you a hint. Liberty? No, it's, an, it's, the, it's one of two ultra quantum Oh, the, the Symphony. Nope, the other one. Uh, oh, uh, Odyssey, Uncle? Odyssey. Okay, Odyssey of the Seas. Uh, yeah, we were on the same path, but I was on a different cruise line. What? I probably saw you. What boat were you on? I was on Norwegian Liberty. Oh, so you were on the good good cruise. 
Well, here, here's the, the cool thing about the Liberty. This, this actually, I'm sorry, uh, Norwegian Joy, it's called. Um, okay. The, the cruise line was built three years ago. And three years ago, they brought cigar lounges back to Norwegian cruise ships. Oh, nice. Uh, brought them back. So that means the culture is strong. I walked into the cigar lounge one day because, honestly, I didn't go there every day. I went there one day uh, and had three cigars in a span of a few hours. <laughs> and it was packed, just absolutely packed. And, wow. by the way, Abe, that was midship. <laughs> So, there was yeah. no cigar lounge on mine. Apparently, some of the Royal Caribbean uh, cruises do have lounges. The older ones, not, not the newer ones. Yeah, and I was there were, but I'll tell you what, I'm I brought cigars and somebody bought me some what they thought were Cubans while we were there. But um, in Cozumel, there's there's great great counterfeits in Cozumel. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So, but we I sat down and smoked a cigar twice while I was on the cruise, and there, I'll tell you what, man, there were probably a good thirteen or fourteen people sitting but the way they have the you know where you smoke is like on the pool deck basically it's like a yeah, quarter, deck, deck a quarter 14 or 15. yeah so it wasn't the most conducive thing but i met some nice people it was, it was cool but there were definitely a bunch of cigar smokers on the ship i met a guy on a royal caribbean cruise the first cruise we ever went on um and it happened to be for a wedding so a lot of us were on there and the guy literally had a sign above his head we're like uh are you super mario that his like that was his nickname and he goes, yeah, that's me. And he was smoking cigars. So we got to talking and then we gave him cigars and he, we realized that he actually enjoyed uh, the Florida Las Antillas by, by uh, my father, which actually he said, oh, I really enjoyed uh, the Florida Las Antillas by my father. So, of course, you know, we're giving him cigars. We're like, why, why do you have a sign above your head? He goes, uh, this is like my 700th um, cruise. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's, he lives on a cruise ship. Wow. Yeah. We did, met, there's uh, a Royal lot Caribbean of people. actually did a thing about him. There's, there's a people like that because we were, we were at dinner one night, one of the nights where my wife and I went to the specialty restaurant. They had like this Alice in Wonderland restaurant that was actually good, but Stephanie is obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. And we met this woman at a table next to us. She said, yeah, this is my, this is going to be my second tour. She's staying on for the next cruise. And she's like, I'll be on three more on the same ship. She just switches rooms. I was like, what? I didn't know you could do that. No, no. I, I know people that uh, like are retired that are on like 100-day cruises. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. They just keep I mean, on going around. I mean, cool. Listen, to each his own. If you like the ship. It was, it was a cool, it was our first time. It was my first like real cruise. I've done like the overnight cruises and, and two day cruises to the Bahamas, but this was like the first real cruise. And with two kids, it was definitely an experience, but yeah, because as soon as you said pizza, 24 hours, I knew that was, I knew what that was. <laughs> and it was good pizza. It wasn't bad at all. Every, every night we put the kids to bed and I'm like, I'm going to take a walk. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I came back with four slices of pizza. Now it's a, it's, it's a fun thing, but I, I, I realized going back on this cruise that uh, I no longer need to see the Caribbean again. Yeah, that's that. And yeah, I've been there a bunch of times that, too, that, right? That's what, that's what we did. I mean, there's only so much east and west you can go, and then it's over. The yeah. last the last one we did was Alaska, which, by the way, that, the Princess Food Lines did have a cigar lounge in it, which was a pretty nice one. And um, that was a kick ass cruise. Yeah, that would be cool. 
that or the was, Mediterranean. I'd Alaska, love to do the Mediterranean. Alaska's Mediterranean, the Nile. There's, there's that. If you're gonna at this point in your life, if you're gonna go on a cruise, you got, you got the, the East West Caribbean cruises is like just another weekend. But it's just so easy for us here with port, you know, with the ports in Fort Lauderdale and Miami. It's just, you know, it's an easy vacation. Not even that, but because we live here, you can really shop and look and get rooms that weren't bought literally like 30 days before a cruise. And if right. you out, you could hop on and save like 70%, 80% on a cruise. Today. Right. And, you know, we don't have to fly. So it's really, if you're a Floridian, it's, it's a way to go. So Definitely. Pete. Yes. Yeah. We've all gotten a little older. We've all gotten a little grayer. <laughs> We're all sitting here with gray hairs. Yes. Speaking How I, I just gotta, I, I gotta ask. Uh, I gotta ask you on a personal level before we get into all the cigar stuff, man. Yeah. How's married family life treating you? Good. I'm I'm literally sitting here in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We had uh, we actually had to uh, take our middle son uh who was 17 to his to his junior prom get together and send him off on a on a party bus to his junior prom and at 1 30 in the morning we had to go pick him up downtown miami which was you know that's something i i dreamed to do yeah. so it's uh <laughs> <laughs> and you know paul said you, you said you're an introvert dude i i don't do anything anymore like literally like los angeles to the office Nicaragua to the factory, Miami to the factory, which is, you know, 10 minutes from, from the house. I, uh, I get awkward now going out. It's strange. <laughs> You've been secluded I, for too long. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I did an event, uh, at Jeff's store, um, a couple weekends ago and I, I kind of felt a little awkward. It was, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do with my hands, you know, Ricky Bobby type of thing. <laughs> Bobby. Thank you, Kevin. I, I, I believe the same with you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, we had the great smoke this year. You were there. Did you feel awkward there? Because that was a lot of people. I, I, I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, I was there from, this is the first year I got there early, except for the first year I got there really early. But uh, I got there at like 10. And then left at two thirty, and the joke was that uh, like I I traded shifts with Carlito because he showed up at like two thirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, it, I I don't know. I think it's just from being locked down for so long Probably. that uh, that it's just like I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do at events? You know, I <laughs> I did what I normally do is just stand around and shoot the shit with people. But uh, I thought the event this year, your your gray smoke was was spectacular. Thank I love you. the setup and I love being indoors. I'm like, wow, I can actually wear a sweatshirt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, we love it. And that's that's kind of why the event got moved from February to March next year is because it, it's it's not a lot of people want to rent out the venue where we normally had it outside. But yeah. the, the, the demand on those, that building, especially that one, that's their main expo hall is is high. So it's kind of like, you know, wherever we can fit in, we'll take the date. So so you're you're in the same hall next year. March 18th. Yep beautiful that's that's gonna be that, that's gonna be the format moving forward michael herklotz will be the face of the virtual great smoke uh you know i'll be involved a little bit on that side but i'll be mostly active uh, on the floor and what's going on there and uh we're just gonna run it in both the live and virtual format moving forward in that venue hall just like that so 
That's and, and what's nice, Pete, I don't know if you noticed, but there's an attached venue hall with another thirty five thousand square feet. So we have room to, we have room to grow. We have room to grow, which is something we always look at. So Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we have room to grow. So listen, I wanted to ask you something because I'm not there yet. So you know yeah. you 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 talked about, you know, because we talk and you one weekend you were taking one of the kids to the campus for college and yep. now you're talking about prom and I haven't gotten to this point yet. So how do you deal with, because I mean, I know what I did in my senior prom. Right. Right. As a parent. So, you know, what do you say? Cause you can't give advice without giving up the crap you did. You know, well, you kids know the crap you did. So I, I, it's, I it's easy for me because, you know, you know, Yanni, she's the ultimate mom so i just i just give her advice i kind of <laughs> i'll be honest i i i rat on the kid i'm like hey you know make sure you tell him to do this or make sure you you know uh, you know i don't know he smells like he's been smoking you know but i'm the i'm the guy that will rat the kid out because i want them to be good sons to their mom that's it that's the most important thing absolutely mm -hmm. Like they have one rule. If if you know we can be friends and shit, but if they fuck with their mom, they have a huge problem with me. Or I wasn't supposed to say the F word, was I? No, no you, you can't. can't. Oh, we're, we're we now can't. We're, we're yeah, we're no longer on terrestrial radio. So absolutely. Right. So you can you can swear away. Because yeah, I'm the same way. You can't you if I see my kids disrespect their mom, I go nuts. Like that's oh, not it's, it's a big deal, man. It's, it's a not big an deal. Option. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's not an option. It's not. Um but you know, you know, I got one son, but I got three girls going to prom before. And <laughs> yeah, man, it's you know, yeah, you're screwed, dude. It's all We went shopping last week, and uh -oh. Petra's got her first school dance at the end of this year. You know, not daddy daughter dance. Like this is like, I'm going with Will. I'm like, oh, you are. Oh no. Wait, oh yeah, hang on. Is Will picking you up? Well, no. Well, how are you going with Will then? Oh, you just got to meet <laughs> Will there. I'm trying to. Clarify the definitions of what going with Will means, but yeah, man, it's gonna be, be better. Like it came out of your mouth. Who the f is Will? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wait, it, is, it, Abe, how old are the girls? Petra's now fourteen, so this is her eighth right. grade dance. Petra's fourteen. Zane's twelve, and Zara's ten. Wow. All right, so you'll have like. I got two years. You'll year. get hit with like like uh like you'll get hit with a, like a senior prom and a soft hop in the same year. Sock up. hop? Is that what you called it? You sock hop? What's it? Sock hop. Sock hop. Sock. Sock, not sock. Sock. No, sock. As in sophomore. <laughs> yeah, I know, oh, but uh, I don't think I ever heard. Like, of I'm sock fucking hop. crazy. It's a sock hop. It's what they're called in tenth grade. The little dances. Maybe in maybe in Philly. Maybe in Philly. It's yeah, sock hop. All right, sock. It's a sock hop. What the fuck is a sock hop? It's sock a hop is where that came from. Yes, it's when they went to these dances and danced in socks and took their shoes no. off with a sock hop. Oh my god, this is awesome! Oh <laughs> man, it's soft. Yes, it's clearly. Oh soft. great, you got Kevin to your rescue. Uh, maybe boy. it's a Philly thing, Kevin. Yeah, maybe that's. It is a Pete. What? What is? What is it? It's a sock hop, but I I understand the sophomore dance soft hop. Yeah, but, but what it is is that's just a sophomore dance. They just took a cool play on a sock hop and called it a um, sock yeah, hop. Man, I'm sock trying hop. to my fucking point here was 
So you won't get hit with like a senior and a junior prom in the same year. No. You'll get a soft a sock hop and a senior. I don't know they still do sock hops or so. No, they hop. don't. Yeah, I don't think they, they still don't do, do it. sophomore dances? No. Maybe. Yeah, they do but hey, but here's the big question. You got about a year, year and a half before Petra starts driving. <laughs> get really good insurance. Yeah. And a really Dude, juicy. our middle, our 17-year-old kid in the house, like literally I, I have video of him pulling into the driveway at the house and kind of like taking the turn into the parking space with one Not hand going down. and denting his uh. mother's car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and you know, like you could tell he, he saw some resistance and he just kept going. <laughs> Just hope yeah, it was good stop. because it actually covered up the the scratch that I put in their car. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm entering the years where it's going to start to hurt. That's you know, that's I, one of the uh, things with Florida too. It's almost it's really almost too easy to get a license, a driving license in Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, hold on, hold on. How about this? Because I gave you one. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait. How about- you don't drive. You take the test. You don't drive on the street. You you literally park. You don't even back in. You pull into a fucking spot in a in the parking lot. You don't have to parallel park. You don't actually have to drive on the street to get the license. And then off you go. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, that's or a hill stop. How about a hill stop? None of that. Yeah, hill stop. Yeah. They don't do it. Yeah. No, there are, there are no hills in Miami. That's the problem. Right. Two things. One, Kevin, I didn't wreck both my vehicles, so you know. The same vehicle got hit twice by someone blowing off a red light, so my insurance is not affected. Secondly, he's got a dent, got a dent on the new one. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> that was all me pulling out of a parking garage, seeing my lawyer. That was me. But that, um, that listen, I'll give you that because what's the car now? The new car, month old, month and a half. Yeah. I mean, and and that's well, a, that car's got a lot of shit going on, so it is kind of like driving somebody else's car right now. Which, at some point early on. Which, I was making a point too about valets, right? Like, I'm first month of my car, I still can't figure out how to turn shit on and do it. Can you imagine a valet getting into a car every 20, 30 cars, not even figuring out how to turn the headlights on or figure something out? That's got to be a weird job. Anyways, here's a question When you dented your car, when you dented your car coming out of your lawyer's office, were you happy or sad? Are those happy tissues or sad tissues? No, it was, it was. I was pissed that I hit it because, like, you know, it was, it was it was just one of these really. First off, this fucking car is bigger than the car than an Escalade, so it's in between an Escalade and the extended nav, so it's bigger than normal. And the the parking, look, I hate airport parking or sometimes these downtown Miami parking because they're all made for compact cars. If you got a big car, there's no way you're not taking. Oh, one garages don't. Yeah, you can't. You got yeah. No way. So I'm in this under building lawyer garage office building and i'm backing out and i'm looking i'm looking and i forget there's this huge concrete pillar right next to me and the front and what really irks is listen i don't like this car i've I've been a cadillac guy for 25 years this car's got so many bells and whistles it's like the starship motherfucking enterprise drives me nuts um and i'm backing out and then i hear a soft crush uh and then the fucking sensor goes off. Oh no! <laughs> Where the fuck is the sensor supposed to tell me when I'm getting close to something? It'll it'll ping when I'm backing out, and there's a car forty feet away, but it doesn't see the post 
Right. Does that the car it, not it, have it, the the surround sound video? It's got everything. Yes, it, it, it pinged after I hit the fucking thing. But you weren't looking at the camera and see like the what like Stephanie's new car. It like creates a a whole background of the car, like all the surroundings. It, it, it does. Yeah. And you see it, and I'm looking at the screen, but then you also kind of look to make sure there's nothing there because it's nature. And it was only a second. It's all it took before the pillar gets in screen and you hit it. It just happened. I just I just want to point this out as well. Everybody knows, and Abe's been vocal, but Abe, Abe has some eye issues. What doesn't help his cause is the tint on Abe's car is blacker than his fucking shirt. I, I you hate can't it. Even if you're a passenger, you can't see out of it. You can't see in, you can't see out. Yes. Yeah, I, I I do, but this was day. It was bright, and plus, by the way, when I'm backing out or I'm coming in, it turns out I always roll my windows down anyway. It's you have like, to. You can't see. It's like looking. Through it's a habit. I do it. It's yeah. a habit. I do it. Do you turn the volume down when you're in like a? Oh, is that just me? That retarded thing? Like what? Oh, I gotta let me turn the volume More. down on the radio. I gotta concentrate. Like when no, I, you know, no. Maybe that's why I fucked up. I've never done I, I never said I wasn't fucked up. <laughs> you, you don't live in Miami. You don't drive a lot, do you? Me? Yeah, uh, yeah not a lot. I, I, I got a car um, last, last not this last December, but the previous December. And I have I just put 5,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so not a lot. I mean, but, you know, we have the option. We go places a lot together, so it's either her car or my car. And it's usually just to the factory again, which is ten minutes away. So, not not a lot of driving. We go to the same restaurant pretty much every other day, wow. which is around the corner from the office. Uh, so yeah, not a ton. Last night was the longest drive that we've had in a while, aside from going to the port the other day, because we 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 actually went out of Miami, not Fort Lauderdale. Okay. All right, so now to get in the nitty-gritty about some stuff, and a question I really kind of want to start asking <laughs> you. No, it's good stuff because, look, in my opinion, you're kind of one of the first guys that I knew about that, that wasn't already like a legacy company or brand, that you kind of developed this cult following. Um, and you did it in an era at a time where there was like no Facebook and no Instagram you know, people weren't really on social media. And I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty amazing that it was done like that. And, you know. What, 2003, right, Pete? Yeah. When you started yeah. the brand officially? So maybe MySpace was just starting. Yeah, I didn't around there. If that, if that, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about this last night. That, like, how did you do this? Yeah, how did, how did, how did that happen without the tools that everybody's got today and able to do it? Well, there were forums, you know, like BOTL. And yeah, it's still forum. weird to communicate on a forum. I mean, you, you know, I mean, technically, I mean, that's kind of what the Saints and Sinners still is. It's kind of a bulletin board forum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're we're actually switching that this year to uh, Discord. Oh, yeah, Discord is getting big. No, I did. I, I jumped on a Discord uh, room the other night. Someone asked me, hey, do you mind joining our group? So I did it. I literally got bombarded. Like, I didn't even know what I was expecting. And they're like, hey, jump on a herf. I'm like, dude, I'm in bed. <laughs> like, seriously, I just figured I'd jump on to see what you guys were doing. I had no idea there were hundreds of people on there. And, like, just slamming with comments. I couldn't keep up with it. Um, Discord's a weird space, though. But uh, Facebook, for me, came around uh, 08. Uh, like, and, I, and that was hesitant. Like, I was like, who the heck would want this thing called Facebook? 
And I'm like laughing at people that had Facebook accounts. And now, you know, of course, I think I have three. So, right. Yeah, right. I know. I was the same way. So, so, I mean, do you, do you, do you recognize it looking back on it that you had this following? I mean, because sometimes in the moment, I, I'm guilty of this. I'm not conscious of what's really going on. It's not until I get perspective later and kind of look back on something. Well, but do you the, realize the following? Yeah, the following took a while, though. I mean, it took a while because if you think about it, the first trade show we went to was in was in 03 uh, in Nashville. And I left the trade show with five accounts. And then the next trade show was in Vegas uh, in 2004. I left the trade show with 25 accounts. And then when we got to the New Orleans trade show in, in 05, I might have had 50 or 60. By the time I got to 06 Vegas, I had about 125 accounts. Cigar Aficionado had just rated the Taino 94 points. And I walked out of that trade show with like 350 accounts and with no idea how to ship everybody either. But I, I remember, I remember that trade show pretty, pretty well because everybody only wanted the stuff from Miami. And I was like, I'm sorry, you gotta, you gotta wait. I have the stuff that's making, you know, being made in Nicaragua, but uh, I can't supply the Miami stuff to new accounts right now. And then, you know, eventually it built from there, but it took a while. Um, because even with the first monsters in 08, that cigar, no one really wanted. The few people, the weird small cult following that we had, there are guys getting eight, nine, ten boxes of Frankensteins or Franks um, in the first year. And to them, it was gold, but eventually it became gold because they could sell those boxes for you know $3,000 a box. <laughs> right. But did you consciously, like, Pete, were you when you guys are sitting down and like thinking about the brand and you're, you're coming up with marketing strategies, like, do you, do you consciously think like we can create the, a kind of following for this or did it just kind of happen for you? No, marketing is not my, uh, you know, marketing, guerrilla marketing, you know, street marketing, street, you know, just being out there. I was out there mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, Abe, when was your first great smoke? Oh, six. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was involved with a lot of things early on. I remember being part of your poker tournament also one year. So I was always out there and I was traveling a lot. And friends in the industry were joking that I was like the next Rocky Patel because I was on the road so much. Uh, Dion from Illusion used to call me uh, Pete Patel because I was <laughs> constantly out doing events and constantly out visiting stores. And I think that's really how you know, the, for lack of better words, the hype around the brand got created, but I was lucky that, uh, you know, I had good product to stand behind it. It was easy to talk about when I knew I was confident in the product itself. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was first exposed to the product. Yeah. Well, the first time we, we met each other about the product was in Beverly Hills. Yep. We had yeah. met at a trade show before that, but yeah. I was literally, I had an appointment to meet Don Rio, um, actually a Hollywood producer, and Damon Waynes up at the Havana Club, which I, I guess was right above the store that you were running at the time. Yeah. And um, I didn't even, I didn't know about the store. I didn't know about you. We had gotten there early. Like, oh, cigar shop. Let me check it out. And I walk in. Pete Johnson's there. I'm like, well, and I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, we're both. And he, he told me, hey, I got this brand I want to show you. And I and, 
And uh, I think it was a couple months later, we called you to bring it in. And I think we're, we're probably, I think one of the maybe first accounts in Florida that had Tatuai. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was I crazy. mean, Paul, to answer your question, though, we were we were never really marketing so much. I mean, I had uh, ideas for maybe some ads and some magazines, but I wasn't really going crazy with trying to market the brand. It was really about growing really slow. Mm-hmm and growing consistently instead of you know going crazy and then coming down uh like uh amazon yesterday all right <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows <laughs> oh we know but the so the, the product itself was obviously your passion and you you talked about in early interviews and and i i mean we've talked about it too but like you know you you always modeled your blends after a, a cuban taste if you will do you, do yeah, you still Cuba. do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make good cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, I have certain things that I still model after old Cuba, and then we have a lot of New World style cigars. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's all about making a good cigar. Right. And and every cigar that we make is first made for us to enjoy, and the bonus is when everybody else, you know, other people start to like them, because. When you're done selling X amount of cigars per year and no one wants to buy your brand, at least you know you can smoke all of them. Because if you go into it thinking that you're going to make a cigar to sell, you're going to end up running into that issue of like, well, I was trying to sell this cigar. Uh, That was my first priority. And now no one wants it, but I don't really like it. That's that's the wrong way to go into anything. Right. Right. Absolutely. Then you got to smoke them because you got them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then for me being as picky as I am just about everything in life, um, I don't want to smoke crap. So I I try my hardest to make a good cigar. Is it is every cigar we make for everybody? No, but uh, that's why we have so many seats. Um, we have like the buffet at on one of the cruise lines. You know, there's there's food for everybody. Right. And you might not like pizza, but the, the guy next to you might like pasta. And you you say, I'm not a pasta guy or I'm a scrambled eggs guy. And, and this guy's a, you know, eggs Benedict's guy, you know, so that, that's why we do so many different styles of cigars. Do you have one you or a specific line that you lean towards daily of your line? Yeah, I mean, I smoke a lot of the stuff that's made in Miami only because, um, you know, that was the first and that was the the, the blend that started it all. And plus, I'm in the factory in Miami pretty much every day. Um, So I just kind of go into the cold room and grab a cigar to smoke. But uh, yeah, that's the one that I still lean towards the most. I try to trip it up. I have, you know, bins full of samples here that that I have to constantly go through. And even stuff that's already been put out that I have, you know, samples of. So I just go in and I grab different cigars, whatever I'm in the mood for. Like this morning, I grabbed a a Noea that's made in Miami um, with a lighter Corojo wrapper that we call Escasos. And that's kind of like a, a good breakfast cigar with, with uh, coffee for me. So I got to ask, because I, I just went through this recently. <laughs> when we went through the experience of getting a warehouse and starting to bring in a lot of stuff, because now we have a lot more space to carry stuff and offer a lot more selection. Um, even me as a retailer, and Alex and I had discussion. I think I even called you at some point. The way you're 
Brown label series is sorted out because you talk about the Miami and then the Nicaragua, and then you got Reserva, but you got Reserva that are made in Miami and the Reserva that are made in We didn't even know how to classify some of your cigars and what categories <laughs> and how to list them on our website. Do you ever feel yeah. like it just got a little too complicated as far as the different oh, no. variations yeah, of brown label? I've, uh, I've, yeah, I've definitely confused myself on a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, the whole thing is like, you know, there's really no plan going into it. You, you again, you want to make a good cigar, and then you want to put it under a certain line, and then you start creating confusion amongst you know the, the retailers and the consumers by having the same band on the cigar. So, like, I have the Reserva in Miami, and then I have the Reserva Broadleaf in Nicaragua. But for a while, the band in Nicaragua didn't have the word Broadleaf on it, so it really confused everybody. We're like, well, this is a uh, this is broadleaf and i'm like no that, that one's habano and that one's broadleaf so now like the stuff that's made in miami it just has the word reserva on it which has always been that way which is habano but the stuff that's made in in nicaragua actually says broadleaf on it eventually i'm going to be changing the color of the reserva miami band to like a maroon color so that way it really shows the difference between the two but yeah it's i I've created the confusion, unfortunately. <laughs> we literally had the call. I said, Pete, man, I'm looking at other people's sites. They all do it differently. I, I, I mean, how, how would you like to see this classified? Because we're looking at this. That's literally morning. what we did. <laughs> we're really not sure how to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, for the brown label, you, you just Tatawai in Miami and Tatawai in Nicaragua. And That's you it. remember, I, there are cigars that we, we just don't make in Nicaragua. The stuff right. that's made in Miami, we don't make them in Nicaragua. And of course, you know, like the Coho New series, uh, well, on our price list, at least we show it, but uh, at the at that point, it's up to the retailer to post it the correct way. But we we show the ones that are made in Nicaragua, we show the ones that are made in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's confusing, and it's, it's not my best moment in life. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, I enjoy all of them, so it's... It's never. I never got to worry about which one I actually get if I pick the wrong one. I end up enjoying all of them. Um, Advent calendar. Mm -hmm. last, oh, last, yeah. last we talked, uh, or last not we talked, last we heard, and I think you made a press release, you were looking for a midsummer uh, release. Um, yeah, pushback. Okay, so now we're pushing, you're pushing back into Christmas? Well, yeah, we're going to... What happened was we have a, a line called Tuxla coming out, which is a a, um, a series of cigars with San Andreas wrapper. So we're doing a T110 Tuxla, an Avion 13 in, in the Tuxla, and the seventh in a Tuxla. So these are expressions with with a San Andreas uh, wrapper. Those were supposed to be here in May, and now they're pushed back to the first or second week of June. And originally i was like hey we'll get the advent calendars to everybody by the end of june i was like wow that's too close right so we we decided to push uh the advents till the they'll arrive here in miami the end of october everybody will get them by the first week of november uh both of them and of course you know one says 2021 and one says 2022 but i've now switched them to expression 2021 <laughs> expression 2022 or edition 2021 because it yeah that was you know people are gonna look at it like oh these are old no they're they're brand new but uh the packaging might say a, a, the wrong year yeah 
Yeah, we know that uh, pain. We know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it seems like Advent calendar in general yeah, was just bad. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, 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 it's, and it's not an easy job for the, the factory either because it's, it's 5,000 units of each year. And each year there's different cigars in the, in the Advent. So that's the good part is it doesn't matter that there's a year on the Advent because both Advents are different, right? Right. But I, I joked that I was going to bring a trophy down to the factory to the packing department to thank them for, for because it's it's really a pain in the ass. There's 24 cigars, different placements each year, you know. Well, that's what makes yours torture because I was looking at the front of yours and I just went old school. I did one through 25 numbered correctly. I was looking at like, whoa, where's three? Oh, wait. And it, it, they're not easy to find. It's like you put yeah. the numbers in a way that they're not easy to find. Well, Abe, I'll tell you, you know, so the, the front of the advent calendar has a cartoon image of me, you know, with a beard, the whole thing. It's a thing that we use for Saints and Sinners called Peepmas. And I didn't really think anything of it, but I've actually decided to, um, when it's shipped to the retailers, I'm actually putting a very simple piece of paper that says, uh, this piece of paper should be removed by the consumer after purchase. It must be X amount of age to purchase type of thing, because... After this whole like marketing the kids campaign thing came out, I was like, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh shit, I don't want to waste 10,000 units of packaging that cost a crap ton of money. But the, the concept, you know, is it on the cusp of being over the line? That's where, that's where I got scared. There you go. So I, over the, over the picture, You'll still see Tatawai Holiday, but there's literally an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that's going to cover my face. And it says, you know, take because, this home and unwrap it when you get home. Because huh. you feel that the cartoon of yourself might infringe on that. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid that uh, people would, you know, listen, you don't want to be called out for, for marketing to kids. That's for sure. And it's not right. for kids because it's, it actually clearly says that you must be of legal age. To purchase it but i that was the fear i didn't want someone to say hey look what you know top is doing it's interesting you brought that up because it's one of our points we wanted to talk with you yeah we wanted to talk to you specifically hour, about yeah. hour two of of kma and now that we're <laughs> up on our at the end of hour one it's a great segue into to the to the next hour so we're going to touch base and maybe do a little bit more of a deep dive on that topic in hour two plus we got some very cool segments, Pete, that, uh, you, you know, since the last time you've been on, we started on KMA. We'll be testing your music acumen with Name oh, That Jab. Shit. Yes, Name Nobody That Jab. That. Sponsored God, by Avro. You got to put these clips together. Oh, God. You got oh, you to put, put all these clips together. That's the response we get from everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yeah, but this is so. Pete Johnson. He's He's, he's a, got a background in music. He's right. a yeah. <laughs> and, and, Paul, I listen to everything, but honestly, like – I'm the worst guy with lyrics. For some reason, I well, can never tell. Like I'm the guy that that makes up lyrics to songs because I think they're funny. <laughs> well, you might you might be okay then because we don't always feature the lyrics. Sometimes it's just the intro to the song. Sometimes it's a right. middle portion of the song. So you might be all right. So we're gonna test Pete Johnson's musical acumen with Name That Damn by Alba Cigars. We're gonna check out and ask him a couple life choices, life decisions he needs to make, and would you rather? Sponsored by Gurkha Cigars, and of course, as always. We have our favorite KMA contributor, William Cooper, with the Scoop with Coop, all coming up in hour number two. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. 
Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Celebrating 85 years of success, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua is a tribute to the outstanding accomplishments the brand has achieved since their inception. Receiving multiple awards such as the number two cigar of the year in 2021 for Cigar Aficionado, 2021's Best Cigar for Cigar Snob Magazine, and three more prestigious awards. The Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaragua comes from the creative minds of Rafael Nadal, AJ Fernandez, and the Grupe de Maestros. This full-body Nicaraguan Puro pays homage to the original tobaccos that were used in the very first Monte Cristo cigar that was ever produced. Flavor notes you'll detect while smoking this gem are pepper, cedar, and chocolate, which pairs perfectly with a cappuccino. No matter what four sizes you pick, this classic smoke will send you on a trip down memory lane and all the way back to 1935. private wines they they sell uh, some really great argentinian wines that you can't get anywhere else and if you go to kmawines.com you can get a discount and join their wine of the month club discount on shipping discount on product just because you're kma viewers and listeners so check it out kmawines.com i'm gonna do some i'm just staying in the circle i'm not like uh, you know drinking and driving this is just viral marketing letting these neighbors figure it out I'm gonna just You know, Paul, the only thing we hear there is KMAWines.com. Right? I was just gonna say that the only part of that whole commercial here is KMAWines.com. I mean, that's a ton. You took a great concept and ruined it. Thanks. Good job, Paul. <laughs> I can't be held responsible. The sad thing, that. the sad thing is that we we were talking about it last night. I like we, Steffi and I really enjoy wine and we, you know, she's a, a, a level two sommelier, but we really don't drink. And that afternoon there was nothing going on. And the, I think the kids were at a, at their friend's house or something and, or we had family here and they were out with them. So Stephanie's like, I'm going to open this bottle. Cause it's like time now we've had it for like six years. She's like, this is the time to drink this one. So we opened that bottle. We were probably halfway through it. And man, when you don't drink a lot, it really, I was, I was buzzing. I was like, I don't know if I can take this golf cart any further than the driveway. She's like, it's a house down. You can go into the cul-de-sac. So, but don't drink and drive kids. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. We're going to start hour two, uh, very, with some fun, uh, before we get into some nitty gritty stuff, it's time to really see, uh, your mute test, your musical knowledge, Pete with name, that jam sponsored by Abo Cigars. This is how this works, Pete. It's kind of like Shazam. 
We're going to play like three seconds of a song. We're going to see if you can name that jam. Are you ready? Let's run it. No. <laughs> I know this song. I want to preface it with Abe and I don't know the song this week. I know this song. I, I got the whole tune in my head. Oh, I can my play God. it again. I can play it yeah, again yeah, for you, Pete, if you're ready. ready. Play it again. All right. Okay, I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. I think I know the band. I'm gonna, what? I, I'm gonna I, I, I have no idea, but it, it kind of reminds me of a Bon Jovi thing. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say I don't know. I'm going to take my – you want to take a guess, Paul? I think it's Aerosmith, but I don't know the song. Oh, shit, it is. It's Aerosmith. Is <laughs> it's it? has got to be Aerosmith. When I was wrong. I was going to say the wheels keep turning. I'm getting you know? good at this. All right, let's find out. Let's find out what it is. When the lights go down in the city And the sun shines on I had oh, the band. None of us were right. I oh, had did. That's actually one of my favorite songs too. It's a great I had song. Band. Well, Pete Johnson, you did not name that. Yeah, failed miserably. It's all right. I got the one that Risty Risty got the the Doors. I, that one was easy. <laughs> Listen, this I can't tell you. This is not an easy segment. Alex Alex has kind of taken it over, and he's done a good job because you want that feeling where the guy goes, "Oh, I know this song, but can't figure it out." And, and and the last two weeks, I've I've known I've known all the songs, but having trouble figuring it out. Rap yeah. songs, well, a lot of guys they got always it. have that middle riff that is kind of different than the rest. Uh, no. Now that now that I saw who it is, yes, like I was like, oh, that of course it's Journey. Like you can you, you hear that, and in that song it. that is like a a telltale part of that song too. I I, I knew I it was no a clue. Steve Perry Journey song. I just didn't have the right one. I didn't have the right one. Good, That's good. always fun. I would fail miserably at this every single time, just so you know, Pete, to make you feel a little bit better. And I'm a big music guy, very eclectic music, you know, all different types of music play in my house at all times, and I would never. I'm just not Yeah, I would probably it. have a better shot at, like, like a different uh, genre because uh, I listen to everything like you do. So it's it's kind of all over the place. Right. Journey, that, that particular song, though, is, like, one of my favorite Journey songs. <laughs> I don't know why, but Steve Perry's voice, Neil Sean's, you know, guitar playing is amazing. Yep. And I, yeah, that's why when I heard the the, the solo thing, I was like, kind of sounds like Bon Jovi, and you, because honestly, Richie Sambora kind of mimicked a lot of what Neil Sean did. So right. Do you are you still uh, involved in music, Pete? <laughs> no, I mean I have my guitars like in that room behind me, but uh, I don't play that often, you know. I, I don't like play with it, you know, like out anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> what I, was, you know, I was just laughing at. <laughs> Paul's a little too. <laughs> I'm All a right. terrible. Mu I'm a terrible musician. I play a couple of instruments, but I'm not good at any of them. Yeah, you know who's a great musician is Michael Herklotz. Uh Yes, he is. Yes, great he drummer. is. What is it with cigar guys and drums? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of them. Few bass players, you know, you got me, Matt Booth, um, Dan that works with us at Surrogates. Um, there's a bunch of other people that play bass, but it's mostly drums. Yeah, like Rocky and Nick Perdomo. Rich. 
Michael Erglach, Ernesto, Ernesto Perillo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you got that one trumpet player like Marvin Samuel. <laughs> he was a trumpet player. Was he? I didn't know that. He was a horn player. I, I'll, I'll never forget when we had our, I think it was our first great smoke, Clarence Clemens. Clarence Clemens was uh, was there. We were mm-hmm. raising money for one of his charities called um, Home Safe. And Marvin was like, you think I can bring my trumpet and play something for Clarence? <laughs> Try that out. See how that goes. <laughs> so, Pete, before the break, and it's kind of been a hot-button topic, and, and more so... I mean, look, you and I both, you can see the grays in our face. We've been around for a while. It was, it was really funny. I was talking with Gary Pesh the other day. Um, oh, yeah. who I, and I haven't talked to Gary Pesh in a long time. Um, but I've sat on boards with him, advisory committees with him. We're good friends. And I, and I made the joke. I said, you know, um, like, I've become now the Gary Pesh of the industry, and you're now the Keith Rumbo of the industry. <laughs> And most guys get, joke. Right. Most guys won't get that analogy. But you know, when I got in this industry, I was a young buck or whatever. And you look up and there were guys like Gary Pesh, long time businesses established, you know, well respected in the cigar community. You had guys that were like Keith Rumbo, they called the general down in, in Texas, who'd been around for decades. Well, the, the colonel, the colonel is colonel. The colonel, yeah. the colonel, yes. His dad. Yeah, the colonel. Um, who'd been around for decades. So it's like, you know, I made that joke with him. It's like now I've become I've become like to where you were at now you're at this level we're getting old but you know <laughs> this, this practice of um and it's, it has gotten more prolific but this pack this this practice of edgy marketing and name brands uh, you know naming brands is it's not a new concept to our industry and no. uh it's come and, and fda has been down our throats now god what is it about now almost a decade um, uh well for for real 2016 Right when they first showed up, so that's yeah, when the that's when the years deming, really that, oh, we knew the, about them coming in. Yeah, right. That's when the deeming regulations hit. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, it's become a very hot topic, and um, you know, you pointed out of it with your advent calendar, where you know you actually were concerned, and now you're going to actually cover that image, and, and you know, maybe as like a veteran in this industry, because look, there, there's there's two schools of thought in this in, in this arena you know first off at what point is it savvy marketing and at what point is it cross the line to possibly being viewed as marketing for children right yeah does chop suey or red meat lovers club constitute savvy marketing or marketing to children or where does it where does that line end up changing does it change at pickle juice does it change at you know i mean it, it's a very blur yeah, i don't think i don't think food really I mean, if you called it, you know, fruity pebbles and uh, stuff like that, maybe because you know it's a kids' cereals, but but I don't think food in general. Yeah, that's the question. Where does where is the line, and and when do you cross it? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not talking about. The, there's ones out there that are, they're downright blatant, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and 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 the attitude from a lot. There's just two schools of thought, right? You have a lot of people who just says, well, you know, it's. It's good marketing, you know, and this and that. And then you have, you know, some of the older guys like you and I who, look, we're all for edgy marketing or doing something, but we have this fear or this this consciousness of the reality of the long-term benefits of our industry and protecting our industry where we will sit back. I mean, I talked about, like, I think we did a back-to-school sale 
when you're not thinking about it because we do this weekly hot weekly deals and it was my big fat head on a kid's body coming off a school bus and the email started rolling in man we we, we jumped we we took that sail down we we didn't think of it you know we're oblivious to the possibility of it being viewed in any other way than just hey this is our hot weekly deal this week and we jumped on it because look the possibility was there we didn't want to be involved in it but there are guys out there who just say screw it or even kind of are oblivious to the reality of of the harm that could possibly be done you know and so i mean what really what is your personal stance on this really kind of current hot button of our industry yeah i i agree i mean like the first thing i did when when this whole thing really kind of hit the mark for everybody uh, what about a month and a half ago i reached out to a bunch of people including coop and uh, bear and also the pca and i said hey listen i i don't want to be in the mix of this shit. like i, I just don't i want to stay on the you know air on the side of caution and i said what is your opinion on this and they all kind of said well it's kind of like on the other side of the line which is safe and i'm like yeah but you know what i'm, I'm just going to do this anyways because i don't want to be called out as oh I'm making this with a cartoon of me on, on the cover, promoting to the younger generation. And just That's so you not know, what I'm here to do. From my personal opinion, I would have looked at. I mean, I looked at that packaging actually when we ordered it last year at the trade show. That never would have occurred to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't think it's either. stuff like that. You don't think it's stuff, but when 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 people start pointing out other things, you 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 start to go, okay, am I in that mix? And you you try to stay away from it as much as possible. Um. Yeah, I, but I mean, honestly, man, I think we're all very creative. I think there's a lot of great brand makers out there that, that come up with really clever ideas. And it's really the end perception of, of what people think. You know, not everybody's going to think that, that what Risty did with Munchies has anything to do with promoting the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't look at it as like, oh, it's a promoting the kids because, you know, it's just... A, a cool you know funky packaging that's it like i don't know you think you, that a kid would walk into any cigar store that's all this is the other thing you think that any kid would walk into a cigar store and see that and go mommy i want those those ones right right well, first of all kids aren't going into cigar stores and that's always the first argument right but uh i thought it was pretty clever and it made noise for for Risty's brand um yeah there's there's certain things like children's characters yeah stay away from it absolutely um why 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 even why even bother i mean yeah absolutely look there's certain like i said and and as a guy who's a retailer who's come up we've had our own microblade series and projects you know there are certain things that you want to be creative but like i said i don't know where the lines cross sometimes you know i mean sometimes what's on the fringe like i said munchies I don't know if I think it's marketing towards kids. I, I think the bottom line where we have problematic issues is, look, we all know, we all know, and uh, anybody who's really into this lifestyle culture knows, kids aren't coming into premium cigar stores. Yeah. And that's the fact. They, they're not even trying to. I mean, God knows how many kids used to try to sneak buying a pack of cigarettes. They don't even come in here and attempt to do it. You know who's yeah. the only people? You know who? You know who's the only people under age who come in and attempt to buy tobacco? People the ATF send in. People the ATF send in. That's mm-hmm. really it. Ironically, 
So, um, but the problem is, is our industry has blended a lot in the last two decades of getting premium cigars on the shelves of C stores and 7-Elevens and gas stations. I think that's where the problem lies. When you start seeing premium cigar brands in bags on hooks at 7-Eleven, Circle K, and whatnot, where kids are every day, I, I, I think that's where it becomes a blended problem. And, and, and that's kind of the thing that, you know, I mean, so munchies, munchies on my store shelf, I don't think it's an issue at all. But if, yeah. I, but if I think of munchies on a metal hook in a 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know, will it ever make it there? No. But the problem is we all know the government and FDA does not exactly do their due diligence in looking and understanding anything. So um, it, it's it's a tough call. It's a tough call. And I, I got to commend those within the industry who try to stay conscious of it and work with it because, yeah, it, it, listen, we're not debating whether it's overreach, Michael, yeah. whether it's even necessary. I've said I've been saying this for 10 years. I could get, I can get, and I can understand the need 20 years ago, 25 years ago for all these warnings because the cigarette industry blatantly was freaking hooking people, lying, lying, you know, getting people, you know, you know, on product and abusing their marketing. So I get it, but we're in a day and age where there isn't a soul out there who doesn't know that smoking isn't bad, it's bad for you and it's very harmful to your health. The need for any of these anti-smoking campaigns is done it's over with there's really no need i know that drinking too much is not good for me i know that you know drugs aren't good for me i know tobacco is not good for me it's unnecessary the only reason why they still exist is because of the free money they get from government and do stuff to keep everybody employed and making money campaigning that educating people that cigarettes are bad for you it's all bullshit so no one's arguing that point the problem is it exists and it's a reality that we have to deal with as a cigar industry, and we have to constantly fight or work with or work around or be careful of. And that, that's the reality of where we're at with that. Yeah, I, I don't think like red meat, I mean, shit, I have a cigar called pork tenderloin and pork chop. I don't think those even attempt to cross the line. Um, yeah, do kids eat pork tenderloin and pork chops? Yeah, but it's not, it, it doesn't make sense. And red meat lovers club, it's not even not even a thought process for me for right and crossing any type of line yeah so it, it's 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 interesting and and you know I, I why do you think all the noise in the past six months what i mean is it the prolific because it is becoming more prolific right i mean i'm seeing intellectual property stolen all day long and oh. stuff marketed <laughs> all day long it's out of control is, is do you think this is what's what's causing it to yeah be I, I think maybe that's what's being pointed out. Um, I think uh, what Charlie did uh, with Half Wheel, and I, I respect what Half Wheel does in general, but what they did with that article kind of pointing out people was unnecessary uh, because it was kind of like waving a flag saying, hey, FDA, we're over here. Take a look at these guys, which is completely just stupid. Um, I I don't know, man. There, there's a line there that, that I choose not to cross and if there's anything close to it that i've continued to to make over the last you know 19 years then i'm going to be kind of cautious moving forward with it but the admin count is the only one that i feel like you can't tell me that the monster series is is a is a character driven thing where it's where it's marketing to kids because it's has nothing to do with 
you know, monsters, you know, monster movies, kids weren't allowed to watch monster movies when they were kids. Mm-hmm. True. So no, absolutely, and I mean, even the the characters, the, most of those movies. I mean, I'm born born in '82. Most of those movies of those characters uh, were before I was even before born. your time. Yeah, yeah, right. So I don't think at all that falls into that realm. Yeah, I, again, I would I would steer clear. Just as a personal decision for business, um, I would totally steer clear from from you know childhood characters because it doesn't make sense those things don't have really any place in our business um because i think we're all clever enough to think of other ideas that could have been a better way to approach a consumer all right so to segue from that talking about clever marketing while i have you on a because last month was the anniversary or something and i'm going to show it in a second but want to talk about one of my favorite projects of all time. You and I constantly reminisce about it and talk about it. And for me, it was, it was probably the most successful, fun marketing projects ever. And you and I joke about this, how, how it wasn't named as one of the top 50 cigars of the decade by Dojo. Yeah. Complete overlook. Cause historically, I think it was a, 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 it paved the way for a lot of these projects that, a lot of our fans and consumers enjoy today, not just from us, but from a lot of other retailers. Um, the Anarchy Project. Yeah. I, we started talking about it. I think it was late 2009, maybe early 2009. 2009, it can't finally hit the market, 2010. Did you have any idea what that was going to end up being like? No. Uh, I mean, honestly, that was one of the earlier pushes for, I mean, the brand itself, Tatwai, you know, was doing you know, fun single store releases. And then the, you know, the monster series started in 08, but that was, that was a big push for the brand. That's when people, you, you kind of took the brand almost nationwide in a sense, because you had more exposure than most people. And people started going, what the heck is this all about? And you know, the secret film that you did in the beginning of, you know, the teaser, that was, that was clever marketing, super clever marketing. And it was a, it was a long term marketing. I think we started eight months, yeah, yeah eight nine months time. prior to the release. And I'm I'm gonna I really gotta find the archives, but I'm gonna find the video we did of you like being in the bunker down in Little Miami, <laughs> riding outside that we made. Um, but this was a hell of a project, and I, and I bring it up now because it was 12 years ago, March. And for 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 us, like I look back on this, like wow. I mean, this was like a monumental thing. Like it never happens. That cigar was in this issue of Playboy, right? Well, now you're marketing to my kid. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but this was nothing we sought out. The cigar had made such waves um, that they reached out to us to have us send a couple boxes. And there's your article on page 22. This Very is cool. not your grandpa's cigar. And back in 2011, this was smokein.com was in playboy magazine i mean it was crazy when you think about it really i mean what a group but yeah i keep i keep next time i get you down here i gotta get you to sign this do the pages stick no no. (laughs) i had to throw that copy out this was a i was gonna say he has two copies listen let's be honest no one's using playboy for that (laughs) it's just too clean you might as well look at the lingerie section in the sunday paper and the ads. Yeah, think about Maxim Magazine. That was uh, more risque than Playboy sometimes. Yeah, really, it was back in the old days. Yeah, 
So yeah, that was one of my favorite projects of all time. I mean, an unprecedented number of boxes. I think we did almost 3,000 boxes in a single store release. We did the original run of 1,500, and then after we knew it was going to be Playboy, we ordered another batch that came like six months later, seven months later. Um, yeah, and I was I was always questioning, like, are you sure? Are you absolutely I, sure? Because it was I, a big I, production. I think at the time, and I could be incorrect, but my memory serves me correctly, I think the biggest one you had done was 200. I think maybe it was a T110 at the time. Yeah, aside from the monster stuff, but uh, no, the, no, T110 but... Up, the T110 actually ended up being, um, shit, what was it, a total of 10,000 cigars? It was like 400 boxes. Yeah, because I remember it wasn't a lot. I said, we just did this, Abe, and it's only like, are you sure you want 1,500? I said, yeah. <laughs> and, and we ended up going, we ended up going through double that, and it was great. Well, I, I, I take a lot of pride in knowing that, that uh, I was the first one, and also, I was also in that mix twice in your sampler pack that you did a long time ago. Yep. We, to, we be two out of, to be two out of the ten, that was pretty cool. Yep. We followed up uh, with the Apocalypse apocalypse uh i think it was two years later it was two years later i think we came up with apocalypse yeah and then a couple of years ago the year right before uh covid the digital experience we no, were the year of covid yeah literally yes you're right the year of covid 2020 we released the chaos that was the final installment and um you know during that during that release you made three packs for the great smoke that year which yeah. had one cigar with one wrapper we called the pill horse only 300 were made i believe right yeah yeah uh, i think i still got like 20 or 30 of those packs to line around but one of the best projects of all times and being that that magazine literally came out in march i was trying to get you toward the end of march we could talk about it but um i just wanted to bring that up while we had you on the show i Super i smoked one of the chaoses last night in our uh yeah, in our meeting sure. actually he did. I had one in. I I was going through my humidor because my kids are away with my wife, and I was going. I have a couple of humidors, so I wanted to like compartmentalize and put them together. And I was like, "Oh my god, I still have one of these!" And I I was like, "This is perfect for Friday night's meeting." So I brought it and enjoyed it last night. Speaking of production, right? Yeah, now, you're a guy who obviously you know you you said it before. You know, I I make brands and whatnot and blends, um, but you never you never touted yourself to be a manufacturer. Um, how has, how are you coming out of, cause look, I mean, I don't care what anybody tells me. There was a sh shortage crisis, uh, for the past year and a half. I know it from our cigar of the month club. I know it from the great smoke, you know, guys struggling to get product. How is that affecting you now? Is it coming out? Do you see it turning out? Is it, is it coming around the bend finally? Yeah. I mean, we we're we're pretty lucky. We don't have any tobacco shortage. That's not an issue with, with the Garcias. They they have enough tobacco to last for five or six years uh, that they grow themselves and they have good partners that they buy, you know, wrappers from like the, the Tarant family for the San Andreas and Oliva Tobacco for Sumatra and Habano and ASP for the Connecticut Ecuador. We have a great source for Connecticut Broadleaf out of, uh, out of Connecticut, true Connecticut Broadleaf out of Connecticut. So tobacco's never been the issue. It's been things like bands we've had issues with the the band makers that used to make bands within four to six weeks are now turning to us and saying they're going to be you know four to six months before you get bands um the box factory in nicaragua 
during the pandemic, Jaime decided to renovate the whole factory, including the box factory. And the box factory just finished renovation a month and a half ago. So we're seeing more production coming out of the box factory now, but there was a time where I was getting bundles from the factory to fulfill uh, orders because, you know, the demand for the boxes was a little higher than normal. The biggest issue that, that places like, you know, Nicaragua and most countries um, have had is where employees are just leaving to come north. Employees are just, you know, they're getting up and, and they were looking for a, a better dream in life to come to the United States. So Nicaragua has lost a lot, a lot of people that work in the tobacco industry, not just from, you know, the my father factory, but all the factories. So I think that's really the delay. Um, but right now we're, we're, we're pretty lucky. We're actually starting to build inventory again. Meaning like when we got to the pandemic and got through the pandemic, we had a couple months where we didn't get inventory in because of everything going on. So that hurt. So by the time the end of 2020 came, we we're really low on inventory 2021. We didn't expect the increase that we got uh, so that depleted our inventory greatly. And now 2022 comes and we're getting our fun, you know, limited edition products in maybe with a couple delays, but our regular inventory is actually starting to build up. And, and I'm happy to say that we, we just got two new rollers here in Miami. So we're up to 12 whopping rollers here in Miami. Yeah, Miami is probably even worse to try to get rollers. Yeah. I mean, at the end, you know, the Miami product is still the, one of the most sought after things that we do. Um, and what's crazy is that the Miami product is actually more limited than our limited editions that we do in Nicaragua. So when people, you know, don't smoke the core line out of Miami, they're missing something great because they're actually lower production numbers than the anarchy, right. the lower production numbers yeah. than, right. than uh, the monster series. But uh, yeah, we're we're slowly. I, I see in our our balance sheet our our inventory numbers slowly ticking up, which is good uh, because we're still having a strong year. We're actually having another up year, but uh, we're actually able to put stuff away and maybe go into the trade show with some type of trade show program this year. All right, tough to do a program when you don't have supply. Yeah, it's the truth, and it's funny because that was one of the things that Saka mentioned to me about a year ago, the labor shortage. She's like, man, people, because it's become so easy to come north now, they're selling their homes and their Vespas and whatever they got to get enough money, and they're just leaving in droves. And, and labor I think he may have said it on the show. And it's usually and our, not one at a time, right? It's like, you know. Husband and wife team. Husband and wife team. You lost the whole table. No, you're talking about hundreds of people a week just from every factory. Nuts. Wow. I think it was like in the multiple thousands uh, one month where it was like close to 20 something thousand people that left Nicaragua alone. It's crazy. And think about, think about Nicaragua, especially Esteli. The majority of what goes on in Esteli is cigars. Like if you, if you need a job in Esteli, just go to a cigar factory mm -hmm. because th there's going to be room for you. That's, that's how important the cigar industry is to that city. Right. Juan Martinez was talking about it on the show a couple of weeks ago too. How that's been a, a major issue for them. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an issue for everybody.
it's not it's not like one factory is losing rollers because they hate the factory. It's everybody. Right. Just people want to come north. You gotta, I mean, again, ahead. people are leaving Cuba too, and a lot of them are coming into Nicaragua. And what they're doing is landing in Nicaragua, and the next day they're on a on a car moving north, or on a bus huh. moving north. The the two rollers that we just got in Miami actually come from um, the Garcia's hometown, which oh, is wow. great because there's a personal relationship there already, right. and you know. Right now, with the Miami product, if we added, you know, four or five more rollers in Miami, I'd be happy. Um, but you know, right now is the issue with with production uh, there. You know, I've had some hard hard thoughts of like maybe maybe I should shift certain production to Nicaragua and not make it in Miami anymore. But uh, we're kind of holding strong on that, keeping it special. Totally get it. Yeah. You got a question from Kevin Sheehan. When are you going to start working with Candela? I feel like Candela would fit into the monster series. He's, he's shaking his head already, Kevin. No, no, Kevin. There's people that do Candela. I'll let them continue doing it. Uh, I've never it's not seen, for me. I've never seen anybody else in my career lobby harder for a Candela movie. Loves it. He loves Candela. He does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't do it. I mean, Dion does a good one, but it's still not mm -hmm. my speed. I don't mind as much if it's mixed in with other rapper. That's how but, I feel. I like it. Oh, it, like a like a barber pole style or yeah, or whatever they do nowadays. Some of it isn't barber pole; it's just whatever. But you know, but when it's mixed in, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't mind as much. But pure candela, not my cup of tea. Like Alex, you don't yeah, you don't like the 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 filthy hooligan? I think that's a good cigar. That that candela. Well, but again, so it's a barber pole. You know, right. if I if for me, you know, the again, I don't, I'm not a Candela guy. I don't really care for it. Probably, I think Dion does the best iteration of it, but it's still not my speed. It's not something I'm going for. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's another thing that we won't do. You won't see us doing barber poles either. So, it's not even an option for us. It's that old Cuban, right? It's that's just not happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should tell the story when I asked Jose Orlando. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. I thought of that. <laughs> what, you well, I want to hear the barber because pole? I could imagine what he said. So I'm sitting in the back room at Padron, and Jose's at, at his desk. George is to my right, and I, we were talking about when they did our second installment. You were the first. Padron was our second installment of our microblend series. So you know, it's very hard to work within the parameters of Padron. There's not a lot of leeway, right? So. <laughs> I was just happy to get a size that they didn't make. Because for me, that was going to be a great accomplishment, right? Here, <laughs> we, we, Smoke In, was the first 60 ring gauge Padron ever made. Huh. In our, in our, in our SI-15, which eventually became the Padron number four. Um, so uh, I sold them on the 60 ring gauge. They liked it. They thought it was a good thing. They were going to do it. They, they did it for the Great Smoke release that year. Then it were launched... A month later nationally to everybody um but you know padrone's one of those things where in retail i just kind of noticed that the consumers and the fans of padrone will bounce from maduro to natural you know mm -hmm. they'll prefer one over the other typically but if one's not available they don't mind smoking the other one I, i've been one of those so i just thought man if we could make a natural and maduro padrone i think that'd be cool get to smoke both of them at once so I'm 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 pitching this to George while Jose's across my desk and George George's like no. 
no. I'm like, George, think about it. I don't think it'd be gimmicky. He's like, no, no. <laughs> so the old man is seeing this interaction. Obviously, he doesn't know what we're saying, but he's seeing me talking, and George is like, no. So he's like, fine. He goes, what's he asking? What's he saying? And George says, no, 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 no. Barbara Poe, no, no, Not happening. It was, I just started laughing. I said, all right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Not happening. We're done. So that was the truth of that story. Wow. Yeah, I never the old man that. was great. The old man was great. Great guy, man. Oh, always, always, he didn't matter who you were, you walked in, and he wouldn't give you the cigar out of his pocket either. He would go dig, you know, and come out with something to give you something really nice every time you go down there and visit. Great guy. God bless his soul. God rest his soul. All right. Well, is 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 is, is our KMA correspondent uh, contributor on? He is ready to go, man. All right, as always, uh, bringing us the latest in news, facts, and always teaser and rumor-free. Let's see this week, what's the scoop with Coop? Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Coop, There he is. Hey, good morning. Hey, Pete, how's it going? Sorry, brother. How are you yeah, doing? what's going on? Oh, hanging in there, hanging in there. You know, living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Sixer so, season uh, is over. what was that? I'm just gonna throw it out there. The Sixers season is over. The Sixers season's over. Um, you know, um, what can you say? Your best player gets hurt. Um, it's over. I mean, it just. Uh, it was going to be a tough series against Miami anyway, but, uh, yeah. Sorry guys. I just had to, you know, oops, the yeah, yeah. Guy. And, and despite, and despite what fake Allen Rubin says, I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. So I don't blame great him. Coach. I like great coach. He is. He listen. People saying, well, he should have had, uh, Embiid in there in that game six. What star player wouldn't have been in there? Michael Jordan would have been in there. I'm just saying. So you can't blame the coach on this. Any star player wants to be in there playing. Why, why, is that, why is that a common theme anytime someone talks about the fake Al Rubin? That the sentence starts with, despite what the fake Al Rubin. Because he's always got some. It's, it's really a common theme. He's got mouth yeah. diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> because he constantly is knocking the Philadelphia teams on Alex and I. That, that's why. Well. Speaking of knocking in Philadelphia teams, which has nothing to do with the cigar news, what's the scoop this week? All right. There's a lot going on this week, so if we need to cut some things short, just let me know. But the big news, I don't think you guys did talk about this yet, speaking of the FDA, was the FDA has issued their proposed rulemaking around banning flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes. So, no, it's not a surprise. It shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. They announced they were going to do this, and it certainly uh, now is out there. And one thing that I think people don't realize, this is part of, um, and I'm not trying to get political here, but the Biden administration has this thing called cancer moonshot, which they're trying to reduce can cancer rates. And this is just something that was ripe for the picking. Let's go after flavored tobacco and menthol cigarettes to try to accomplish this. What what it means, what the FDA said is they, they propose what the bans are. You have there's going to be a 60 day public comment period beginning next Tuesday. That public comment period is something that's uh, required by law. Um, after the 60 day period is over, the FDA is going to make a final rule based on the feedback. 
that usually takes about a year. And then once the final rule comes out, there'll be another year before it goes into effect. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, you know, I think it's going to be something that's going to be, it's going to go into the courts. It's going to be delayed. But here's the thing. I think that if you got to be a little concerned here, there's this, the flavored band includes language on character, this whole notion of characterizing flavors, meaning, well, you really can't say the cigar tastes like chocolate or coffee. You, you know, you got to say it tastes I, like tobacco. That's where I, this is going to get sticky. But hold on, Coop. No one does that from a manufacturer level. And they can't yeah, they do. control. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Babe, they do. It, it just happened yeah. in your your ad for Maltadas. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, go look at Shelf Talkers. It happens. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I could survive on it as a, if they banned saying I can't put in a review. Believe me, I, I think I could still survive. They on can't it come it. after reviewers for doing that. Yeah, they can't come out of no. But the company's so probably going to get mad at us for saying it. I mean, that's what's going to happen. No, I, I think don't see that I think you'll be the mouthpiece that they can't be. You're looking at wrong. Stop looking at the glass always half empty. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you guys will end up being more important because you'll be their mouthpieces and talk about stuff that they can't talk about. It, I, I can see some companies telling me, "Hey, really, please don't say that." You know, I, nope. I can see it. I, I can see it. I hope, yeah, I, hope I hope you're listen, wrong. You're wrong. Listen, I hope you're right. I hope always, you're right. There's right. always a couple of bent horseshoes in the shed. You know, I yeah. mean, nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I just made that saying up off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Bent horseshoes <laughs> in the shed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a winner, but I like it. What else you got going on, Coop? All right. Um, this is just a a, a footnote, uh, but this is some good news if you're. Um, a fan of McAuliffe cigars, they are going to be back at the PCA trade show this year. I think that was officially, I think that was officially announced this week. But I think Dan did say that on KMA a few weeks ago that he was going to be back there. Good, that's nice to hear. Yeah, yep. So they're, they're nice back. to hear that um, more people are getting back supporting the industry. I think it's good news, Pete, as well. I think it's very good news as well. Uh, and they're good folks, the McAuliffe folks. So uh, I think they'll be really welcome at at the trade show. It's very funny because I've had some talks recently with random companies of the big four that left right and a couple of them are on the teeter and thinking about it and not so opposed to maybe supporting it you know basically i kind of said i kind of said to them i said look one of you guys is going to be the first and the first is going to be the one that looks like the hero the rest of you guys are just going to be johnny come lately so you know i mean that's the truth one of them is going to jump in back first and they're the ones that'll look look good so, but I got a feeling, I got a feeling in the next, uh, maybe even by next year, you might see one of them jump back in. I, I still it, predict It's a rumor. That. It's a rumor. Sorry to throw a rumor in your segment. Coop. Yeah, seriously. This is Coop's segment, man. Well, it's there's, uh, you could, there's speculation. I mean, and there's, you know, you like to do predict the future. And if I was doing that, I, I, I thought one was going to come back this year. I thought it was going to happen this year, but I think next year is probably more likely. What else you got? Um, um, interesting project if you're an EP Carrillo fan. Um, their Inch Line, which is their line of bigger ring gauge cigars, it's been a, a very successful one. They announced at the trade show they're going to be coming out with a release called the Inch Nicaragua. And this is kind of the twist of it. It's, it's not that it just uses all Nicaraguan tobaccos, because Ernie's done that before on other blends. But he's making the cigar in Nicaragua at Placencia. So it's kind of similar to what 
Quesada did a decade ago with the Casa Magna. It, it seems like it's kind of they're they're playing this over again where now it's a uh, EP Carrillo doing it this time. Um, and it's going to come in the uh, 60, 62 ring and 64 ring gauge sizes. And like I said, it's expected to be uh, released at the trade show. I don't have a picture of that one. Unfortunately, I wasn't authorized to use the picture yet, is I'll just say that. So <laughs> that was given it? to another news source earlier on. It does. We'll use it. Was it? <laughs> we'll use it. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny, man. I just, you know, you got to love the stuff that Placencia is doing. But for a company that can't make their own product, more or less some of these other companies' products, and they just keep on taking on new projects. I don't know where the magic rollers are going to come from. It, yeah, it's interesting. I think Placentia, they're still very new in terms of releasing their own products. So it's still a more limited product, but I understand what you're saying. It's not just, it's not just their own product, Coop. The, the, the people they make cigars for is, have been suffering as well. And, you know, they just keep taking on projects. So it'll be interesting. Yep. What good is coming out with a new line if after you bring it out, you don't have it for another six oh, months? Oh, I, I get it. And, you know, the other thing was Ernie had the same problem on his end, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, a year ago, yeah. Well, it's probably why Ernie said, let me use somebody else's factory. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wondered that, too, myself. You know. Yeah. What else you got going on? Anything else, Coop? Um, this is interesting. Uh, kind of hits a little close to home for you. Uh, Agonorsa Leaf has created a special sampler in support of, and I'm going to see, Abe, if I get this name right, the P-O-W-M-I-A-O-R-E-E charity. Sounds good to me. Okay. So uh, this is a charity that was created by an Eagle Scout named Joshua Katz. And it basically uh, what they do every year is they do live reads for veterans who are interred at national cemeteries. Um, and they, they also leave a, a, a challenge coin every head every headstone. So uh, what Agonorsa Leaf's done is they've put five of their cigars into a sampler, uh, the Rare Leaf, the Supreme Leaf, the Signature, Signature Maduro, and the Lunatic Ombre Libre line um, into a five-pack sampler, $50 sampler. Um, and it's going to be sold exclusively through Smoke Inn. And there's going to be a release party held on Friday, May 20th, um, right before Armed Forces Day and Memorial Day to get this pack. So I think it's a pretty good cause here for that. I, I got to admit, I don't have much involvement with this project because it's done on, on the retail side, which our operations guy is more involved in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're having some event here. Um, it's a great cause. I mean, these guys really work. Yeah, with, it really is a great cause. And um, I think Alex got a little allocation that he's going to make available the sampler for online in case people can't make it down to the event. Um, but most of it's most of that product is for the people coming here for the store. I know some people have messaged us. So Alex is going to take a small little amount and put it online for people who, I mean, they just, people who just want to support the thing, you know, we want to give them the yeah. ability to support. I just, support great, I just a great project. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that is going on. Anything else? Coop? Uh, just a couple of new release notes. I'll make Macanudo's uh, released the 2022 edition of that gold label. Um, they have a grand pyramid size, which is going to be exclusive to the 2022 release. So gold labels, a release that comes out once a year under the Macanudo line um and like i said this should start hitting the stores relatively soon and uh if you're a fan of uh the chillin moose cigar there's going to be another chillin moose cigar called bill moose uh and this is going to be again a big ring gauge cigar and five by 60 six by 60 six by 70 and seven by 60 sizes so uh price between five dollars and six fifty so not bad so 
That's um, what's happening this week. Are you on Carolina news? What is Bill yeah. Moose? Who makes that? General. Uh, General. General. Ford's actually sold on the Fords, but yeah, General. Yeah. 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 We're getting into. We're gonna be getting. There's gonna be a lot of news over the next six six weeks or so as we get towards the trade show. It's gonna Good start stuff. heating up. Yep. If you want more information and up-to-date news, always please check out cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser free. So I've been I've been out of it now. I'm not even sure what week are we on until the tape. Number six. So this is week number six. Oh no. Season- is it is it weeks? Yeah. Week six, number six. Yeah, you know, number six, week five. Yeah. Okay. And then it's seven, six. No, that doesn't make sense. I, I'm just yeah, so ten, nine, eight, now. seven, six. Yeah, <laughs> it's number. Go with the number that we're on. Tail of the tape. Number you, six. Oh, so this is number six. This is number. So six. it's week five. Yeah, it's week five. We, sorry about it. We had a couple off weeks. So, to season four, tail of the tape, best mascots of all time. Let's hit it. All right, greatest mascots of all time. My number six pick, I went with the Milwaukee Brewers racing sausages. Now, interestingly, this may be an invalid pick. Um, The racing sausages technically are not the mascot of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, They have a mascot called Bernie Brewer, which I'm sure nobody knows. But these are the guys. This is the Milwaukee. Um, it's just it's just a fun thing. They have the the sausages race around. Sometimes they race people. Um, the Nat the Washington Nationals also have the the racing presidents, but I just feel like racing sausages are are a little cooler than racing presidents, in my humble opinion. What do you got, Coop? And Alex, I'm okay with the sausages, just so you know, on that one. So uh, I went Philadelphia for the second week in a row, and I think Philadelphia's got great mascots. This week, I went with um, the Eagles mascot, Swoop. Now, here's the thing. Alex and I were talking about this. NFL mascots are not really that great. I mean, they're pretty dismal. And you look at the other, the college ones are better, you know, basketball, baseball. But I got to say, Swoop is probably, while the Eagles aren't my team per se, I love Swoop. I think he's a great mascot. I think he may be the best mascot in the NFL. He's a fun mascot. He's got a little bit of that mean look, and he can also be that kind of happy-go-lucky guy. And I just think he fits the Philadelphia um, mantra perfectly. So um, I'm going with Swoop this week. I'll never be mad at a Philadelphia pick. No. I went two weeks in a row, and I was a little hesitant, but that's how it just landed for me. Yeah. Well, there you go. There we have it. All right, so I just got a comment. One, um, racing sausages. Never heard of them, but I love the concept. Oh, um, it's great, Abe. You'd uh, love that it. Just looks, that just looks funny. It, it, yeah, and they're always terrible. racing kids or people. Like it's cool. It's they're they're doing stuff. It, it, and it get, the crowd gets into it because you pick your favorite like sausages yeah. to win the race. Yeah. But, but can you put Swoop back on for a second? Because I gotta say something about Swoop. I don't know if you realize this theme wise or not, but most mascots are ugly. This is a good looking dude here. It is. They did a great this job. This is with a this very team. handsome looking eagle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's America's team. Bald eagle. It, I mean, you, you know, know I'm just saying. Joe Grow from Drew Estate last year, um, he was doing a uh, draft podcast with the Espinosa guys, and he dressed up as Swoop. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Pete. My man, Joe. Any favorite mascots of your childhood or adulthood growing up? 
Uh, shit, man, I can't even remember. What was the one? I'm sure it's going to be on the list somewhere. But wasn't there a chicken? The San, the San Diego, Diego chicken. chicken. Yeah. He was like the original. Yeah. He was like the OJ. Legendary. Also, yeah. the, the one for the Phillies was always great. Fanatic. The Fanatic, of course. Yeah. But uh, this is riveting conversation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know if you follow. Just wait. It gets worse. Yeah, I don't know if you Which follow. Which you rather gets here. But I love the racing sausages. It makes complete sense. It, it, it makes it fun. It does. Yeah, we started Tale of Tape because Coop and Alex used to take over the last two minutes of every show to talk about boxing, like on their own, like never planned. Well, wait a minute. Time out. There was one segment where we were kind of struggling to get through a whole show. And me no, and, and that's what happened, in. yes. And then we just kind of hijacked, you know, a few minutes after everything. So we made them do a segment called Tale of Tape where they did the top ten, and then it just went on to season two, which was professional wrestlers. Season three was best mafia movies of all time, but we still debate the definition of what a mafia movie is. Yep. And uh, now we're on uh, we're on um, mascots. 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 I think Okay, so I have to ask, what was the the number one wrestler? What was your pick for number one wrestlers? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Both of us. Yeah, we both had both Ric Flair. of you guys. Ric Flair, huh? Yeah, I mean, Pete in Charlotte, where I live, Ric Flair is like probably the most popular, if you want to say, athlete. He is just. When he retired, they put billboards up on the highway thanking him. It was amazing. It, he's huge wow. down here. Yeah. And yes, Hogan didn't make Coop's top ten. That's yeah, right. He didn't. Did Andre the Giant make your top ten? Nope. Nope. Couldn't wrestle. What? He couldn't wrestle. He couldn't wrestle. That was a problem. They say with Hogan, he couldn't wrestle. You gotta watch some of these things. Man. Okay, Superfly Snooker. Nope. No. no, he. You know, he was like a, one of those borderline ones for me. He was so bad in the second half of his career. And he like killed his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make him a bad wrestler. Yeah, he like killed his girlfriend. I mean, I wanted to see him. Okay, so now I have to go back to the other one, mob movies. Casino. What was your number one? Godfather. Casino. Godfather. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me just start out by saying this is who picked Godfather three. I picked I mean, it on not number one, not number one though. I don't care. It was even in your it's top. Vincent so Pastor loved that movie. He loved it because he was in it. Uh, he did it. He, he, he didn't put his name on it. He put his name on it. He was proud of it. The second there was a helicopter and, and people paired. Here was the controversy. Maybe, maybe Pete can <laughs> Okay. I can't remember. On the list. Yeah. It's not I mean, really it's a mob movie. Right? Well, there you go. Pete said it. Scarface. Okay. So funny, funny mob movie. Um, and maybe someone can remember the name. I can't. I'm blanking on it right now. But it was kind of a spoof comedy with Sylvester Stallone. Mafia? I know what you're talking about. Uh, it was, he played a mob boss, though. What yes. was it called? It was hysterical. It was a stupid movie, but it was hysterical. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking it up now. Me too. I think what we'll do is before this season's over, we'll come up with like four or five topics, and we'll let our KMA – we'll do a poll on Facebook. We'll let our KMA fans pick what season – Five Oscar seven. was it Oscar? Yeah, Oscar. Oscar, yeah, it was Oscar. Yeah, it was yeah that was a funny movie. Johnny Dangerously, you fucking vestiges. That's a good yeah. movie. <laughs> this you is fucking war. war. This is fucking war. That's a good movie. That's a great movie. All right, well, Pete, we're gonna put you in the spotlight one more last time before we get on the show. I guess this, we're is, uh, this is one of our newer segments sponsored by Gurkha Cigars. We're gonna ask you to make some life decisions, and would you rather?
love Awani, by the way. Love you got to love him for doing that <laughs> intro. Absolutely. So kudos to Juan and kudos to my kids for the voiceover for the intro. That being said, um, the boys at uh, age, how about, I can say how about that cigar, but anytime I try to say the acronym, I get scared halfway through. I say, no, let me just say the words. Because <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to screw up the letters. But they they, they kind of went dark last week because we let them, you know, have the free range of making up their own would you rather. <laughs> they kind of went dark on Nick uh, last week. So uh, we have a little more gentler themed questions for you, Pete. Are you ready? Sure. Here we go. Three questions. First one, would you rather fight Dracula or Frankenstein? In homage, uh, Frank, in homage to your monster series. Yeah, Frankenstein, only because you could run away from him quicker. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good answer. There's, there's some logic in the answer. All right, this one should be a fun one. Question number two. Would you rather have every inch of your skin tattooed or have no tattoos at all? I'll go with no tattoos at all. Really? Too much. Too much every inch. Too much, too much. Too much, because uh, of the pain, or because you don't, you wouldn't like the way it would look. Uh, the latter. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so we saved the toughest one for last. This will be the one I'll be interesting to see how you respond. You ready? Would you rather have any wine that you want whenever you want, but can never smoke a cigar again, or smoke any cigar you want anytime you want, but never be able to drink wine again? Oh man, you know that's a tough question um i'll i'll give you my answer based off of a friend i'm going to name drop for a second but peter weller uh who played robocop i was gonna I say when, okay i remember when he he was also the narrator for the documentary handled that we did but i remember when he he came back to the grand Nevada room night at one night and, he, and his doctor you know he had a severe acid reflux issues and his doctor said hey you got you, you do two things that can create acid reflux, which are smoke cigars and drink wine. You got to choose one. And he actually chose the cigars and he was a huge wine drinker. So, so I would you, probably, I would probably have to say that I would smoke cigars until the day I die. And, wow. and, and you'd be all right with never having another drop of wine again. Yeah. Cause I'll just drink tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, is, he has become a tequila buff. Well, there you have it. Would you rather with Pete Johnson brought to you by the fine folks over at Gurkha Cigars. I'm, I'm enjoying this new little segment of ours. I like it. I like the would you rather segment. Well, Pete, thank you once again for coming on. It's always a thank pleasure you. to have you on KMA Talk Radio. Coop, as always, thank you for being one of our excellent contributors. Uh, we hope you all have a great weekend. If any of you are local, we really hope to see you at our 25th anniversary celebration uh, commemorating my father, Roger DeBabna. Uh, he's actually flying in town next Thursday. It should be a very epic event. Open to everybody at our Boynton Beach headquarters. Please come down 6 p.m. Uh, Friday night. Um, next week, first time, first time KMA guest. Should be an interesting show. Daniel Marshall. Uh, so we're very excited to have him on. We hope we entertained you for a couple hours this Saturday morning and made you chuckle. For lucky, we might have taught you something. Maybe there was a nugget of information in there. But until next week, everybody, keep it lit.